welcome to this Tougher Minds podcast, which looks in detail at one of the concepts within the elite business athlete. That's the name of our ebook, which is available for free on the Tougher Minds website. The elite business athlete explains how performance secrets from global sporting icons can be beneficial and transformative for everyone. The book provides an overview of key concepts that boost resilience, personal performance and well-being. In this podcast, Tougher Minds founder Dr. John Finn discusses tennis star Novak Djokovic and his use of a technique known as self-watching. John explains how the world number one uses it to build good habits which improve his performance. I started by asking John about some public comments by Novak Djokovic, in which he revealed more about his personal approach to the technique. John, we are aware that Novak Djokovic is a, is a devotee and a user of self-watching techniques because of a, an article that appeared um, a couple of seasons ago, in tennis terms anyway, in the Telegraph newspaper. It was written by the Telegraph's tennis correspondent, Simon Briggs, who covers the sport on a global level. And he was fortunate to secure um, a sit-down interview with Novak Djokovic, an extended interview. Um, I think it was prior to a Wimbledon tournament, in fact. And Djokovic, in that interview, spoke about his use of self-watching. Simon Briggs suggested to him that the way he did that was almost the equivalent of him having cameras on his shoulders, if you like, monitoring his behaviour and feeding back to him, um, which allowed him to identify and break bad habits. That's, that's in, in simple terms, the essence of self-watching. But tell us more about it, if you would, please. Like it goes further than that. It's actually um, also like having CCTV cameras on your brain. And it's not just about what you physically do or watching what you physically do. It's also about uh, watching how you are thinking, watching your emotional responses to things, watching yourself when you want to give up, but that's not the best thing for you to do in, in that situation watching yourself when you may be a little bit irritated and making sure that you don't, um, that doesn't manifest into, into some helpful, unhelpful behaviour with a colleague or, or a partner. So it really is, as it says on the tin, it's about watching yourself, but not just your physical actions, also your what you are thinking about, your emotions at, at its purest level. And it's it's set against the backdrop, I, I, I suppose, of the fact that, um, as human beings, habitual thinking and daily behaviour is is something you're not too immediately conscious of or, or, or is obvious to you. Well, it's thought, the recent thinking is that up to 95% of what anyone is doing right now, including you and I and anyone who's listening to the podcast, is a habit. It's... Um, a semi-automated process it's just ticking away and it, and it looks like that our brains have evolved to automate as much of our thinking and as much as our physical actions as possible because it conserves energy and if you think about yourself right now from the way that you are breathing to your heart beating to how you're holding yourself your posture to even listening to the words from the podcast, these are not conscious processes, they're subconscious. And they are behaviours and actions and thoughts that you've practised over 
and over and over again, and they've become automated. So it looks like our, you know, our brains have evolved to get good at building habits, and that's why if we want to change ourselves, and in Novak's case, become an even better tennis player, that that self watching is so powerful, but actually so difficult to do because we are so automated. And Novak Djokovic, again, as as we've learnt from from this article and and similar accounts and books he's he's contributed to and authored himself, um, we know that he's he's using self watching um, in order to look for wasted energy and wasted potential in his training and preparation. Of course, those sort of things so important to people involved in high performance sport at a global level, um, but in a business or in a work context or in a professional context, how might habit be having a negative impact, do you think, on, on, on people's performance and organisational performance? Well, habits are run by triggers, reminders, things that surround us. And over the last 10 years or so, potentially become surrounded by more and more distractions. Distractions that provide a lot of short-term gratification. So it might be the internet, it might be mobile phone. So these are things that we go to and we build habits of going to. You know, so the phone's in the pocket, it buzzes, you check it. Even though you might be working through um, a, a quite a challenging cognitive task, you break away immediately because it's a habitual response. You get after lunch, it's difficult to keep concentrating on the thing like the BBC Sports website uh, because it's easier to kind of process that, that information than do the difficult thing that you're, you're paying attention to. So we, we must remember in the context of, 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 of how habits are formed, humans are designed for short-term gratification and progress in the world of work is often about delaying gratification and persisting thing with things that are often challenging for you. Uh, I was trying to um, a politician last night, and you know he was talking about exactly the same thing about how um, it's so easy for him to indulge in very interesting, very stimulating activities like meeting um, this university professor or meeting this chap who's involved in the American secret services, all fantastic activities, but actually recognising that this kind of short-term gratification, it's stopping him from pursuing and working towards the bigger things that he wants to achieve, you know, for in his own life and for the people that he represents. So very easily we can fill our day up with busyness and things that um, build habits which are not um, helpful to the bigger goals that we're trying to achieve, you know, in our working careers. I'm sure his constituents will be delighted to uh, to hear that he's uh, accessing tougher minds and uh, potentially benefiting and potentially could be on his way to uh, climbing the political ladder. But no, joking aside, we won't, uh, we won't name the gentleman or, or uh, lady uh, uh, and go any further on that. But let's talk, though, about... Um, then how we, we, we've, we've established self-watching is a tool available to people. We've, we understand now that it's required to identify and, and observe these habits and understand what impact they might have. 
how might how might um, you, you you employ that to enhance a, a personal or, or enhance a personal behaviour or identify a bad habit that you have that's, that's impacting on your own personal performance? If you want to fulfil your potential or help other people fulfil their potential so you can feel great and get the rewards and respect you deserve, then I want to give you a free physical copy of my new best-selling book because you deserve to know the truth. The most important things for fulfilling your potential are not tips, tricks, hacks, therapy, coaching, meditation, breathwork, goal setting, journaling or finding your why. I know it sounds irrational because we're so used to hearing about using these things to help us fulfil our potential. But these approaches are outdated and ineffective and they are based on a big lie. To find out more and get your free physical copy of Dr. John Finn's best-selling book, The Habit Mechanic, go to tougherminds.co.uk. Well, we would encourage people to use um, self-watching trigger. The guys at that falls into when we work with people is called a performance planner so we're encouraging people to think about what they're trying to achieve in the future bring that bring them back to what they're trying to therefore achieve today and then thinking about what kind of unhelpful habits might get in the way of achieving what you need to achieve today to plug into the the bigger term you know vision that starts with going to bed at night because we increasingly understand the role of and the importance of sleep um, in, in cognitive function. It's connected to your sleep, to your sorry, your diet and your exercise as well. So we encourage people to self-watch those things first. And then we get them to think about almost a timeline of a day and what unhelpful habits might be laying in store for them and what they can potentially do to help them to overcome those those unhelpful habits. So, so the, the Tougher Minds Performance Planner then actually offers people a, a means of, of monitoring this by, by literally writing it down and then planning ways to, to defeat the, the pitfalls that might be coming their way. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So we very purposefully designed that um, to help people in a simple and practical way to... To, to watch themselves and then and then make change. But if you think of any unhelpful habit that you've accumulated, and we all have many, you have a, you've practiced those habits over and over and over again. And habits are often described like pearls. So in the middle of a pearl is, is an irritant, and actually the the shiny, um, the attractive bit of a, of a pearl is actually layers and layers of a mineral substance. And, and habits are like that. The more you practice the habit, the more layers are associated, the bigger the pearl gets in, in that metaphor. So we can't imagine that we can change our habits quickly, um, but the first step is to self-watch and to be um, aware. And, and that's difficult in itself because your brain is so um, has such a preference for automization of everything 
just going on, going on. And and when people try to resist the habit, they're they're really paying attention to trying to resist the habit. So they're amazed by how powerful the habit is. You know, I'm not going to check my phone. I'm not going to check my phone. I'm not going to check my phone. I'm checking my phone. I'm in Costa Coffee. I'm not going to have a, a muffin. I'm not going to have a muffin. I'm buying a muffin already because the air brain is, is so powerful. So we're not suggesting this is easy to do, but the best way to do it is to is to watch it um, in, in in something like a planner that you've got with you, and you and, and essentially the the best habit you can build to changing your habits is the habit of of using something like our performance planner every day. And this is a, a document that's um, in appearance, I suppose, like a small diary, I take it, and then, then has um, sections which you've created using Tougher Minds Insight to um, allow people to record what they need to about, about their day and about their habits and then, and then um, set out some forward goals. Is that correct? Yeah, so it's, it's really... It's been designed to help people to watch themselves over an extended period of time. So we know that behaviours, habits take time to change. And if we're going to change a habit, we need triggers. You know, we might be really motivated to lose weight in January. Um, But if we keep going to the supermarket and buying junk food and putting it in our cupboard, it's going to be really difficult to, to lose that weight because we keep seeing the junk food and we keep eating it. So we, we run on triggers. So we're trying to design a trigger that's, that stays with people in the, in the performance planner that actually keeps reminding them to keep watching themselves. And it fits in with our um, business program. So like our bite size program where we have uh, multiple visits to uh, groups that we're working with typically over a six week period and then in the time that we're not with the with the people we're working with, they've got the planner to keep them watching themselves and keep them mapping out uh, what they're trying to achieve. And, it, and the, the planner links the themes of improving motivation, improving concentration, um, building up confidence levels, you know, making sure people, uh, most importantly, get their sleep, their diet and exercise habits aligned. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a, accumulation of all the knowledge and all the components of the Tougher Minds program but in a very simple and practical format. And it's perhaps worth pointing out this is not um, not a sort of a report card that people should kind of fear filling in and, and they, don't, they don't submit it for, for marking to you when you do return to deliver a session at the organisation. This is, a, this is a, a, a personal resource for them and them alone. Yeah, so it's you watching yourself, you know. You might discuss it with a colleague, and it's, it's often powerful if people do it together. But yeah, it, it's for you. We know that writing down is powerful. I think that the most obvious explanation for that is that the short-term memory in humans is about 30 seconds. So if we don't commit it to paper, we can often forget. Often, also, if we have uh, you know worries and doubts, letting those things just spiral around and around in our head isn't that helpful. So again, writing them down and making some sense out of them is powerful. So it's a, it's a personal reflection tool, but you know, it goes much further than that. 
it's, it's structured in a way to help people to um, recognise the good habits they've got and, and build on those, you know, and, and break some of the bad habits that they've got. And would you draw a distinction then between people actually writing down, well, if they have a tougher minds performance planner, so much the better, but, but just using pen and paper and, and using an electronic device, maybe making a, um, a document in, in a, a PC or a, on, a, on a smart device, something like that? Yeah, I think that, look, if you took a million people and half of them did the electronic type in half of them and did write, writing things down, I'm not sure what what the results you would get in terms of impact on self-watching and change. But we know that they are different processes. You know, physically writing something down is a different process to typing something out. Um, I know that people I speak to often have a preference for writing things down because there's a bit more freedom with how you can, you know, use the pen to paper. Uh, you might want to highlight particular things or, or draw things out, you know, turn the page another way around. So I think, in my experience, again, I haven't done any randomised control on, uh, trials on it, but I think there is a power to writing things down. And it certainly is a different um, physiological and biological process to type in. I think, yeah, I think you could certainly appreciate that given the uh, ubiquity of smart devices and, and uh, computers in this day and age, um, taking um, or being in a moment where you're actually physically writing something, I guess, would, would be a, a different and um, perhaps therefore have a greater impact on, on many people. I think that would be uh, clear for many people to see. How then, John, have, have, have you used self-watching to help various organisations and businesses in, in, in recent times? I know you've been working with... Um, some different organisations recently in, in the City of London and uh, in the academic sector. How have you introduced the concept of self-watching and, and how, have you, how has it helped people in those contexts? Well, I think, you know, stress and resilience is um, a contemporary issue. There's, there's a saying in, in the world of um, high-performance business that, you know, what got you here this year, we'll get you there next year. Unfortunately, no one's making any more hours in the day. And, you know, most professionals are working um, as many hours as they possibly can. What we know is that stress can, can have a negative impact on that. It slows down your processing capabilities. It makes you less productive than you might otherwise like to be. So often we're trying to help people to watch their emotions um, and, you know, helping them to understand what is going on at a, neuro a neurological brain level when their emotions are not where they want them to be. And then giving them practical strategies to manage um, unhelpful emotions and process them more effectively than they otherwise would have done so that they don't have such a detrimental impact. And also teaching people to watch their uh, the, the maximisation of, of, of time in the day. You know, people can be very busy without really achieving what they want to achieve, and that can become a habit. 
Um, so sometimes we talk about uh, big, you know, the big hairy goals that you want to achieve every day, you know, versus the the little kind of rabbit goals that you might accumulate that don't actually, they're not really impressive things. They're just, um, you know, answering, I've answered all my emails, but actually I haven't made any progress on that proposal that, that I've been putting off writing for the last two days. You know, things things like that. So, But I, I think really we're seeing that stress is is the result of, of a lot of problem in the workplace and therefore teaching people resilient skills um, seems to be very beneficial and that all starts with self-watching. Yes, it's at the, it's at the core of, of what you do and it's, it's the foundation of what you do. I, I, I can see that and I understand as well you've had some you know, reports of fairly, fairly rapid uh, progress and, and rapid results when people adopt these approaches because um, it doesn't take long for them to identify something that is problematic for them. And then when they start to make attempts to correct it, they, they almost create a virtuous cycle. Yeah, so qualitatively people would report sort of a 30% increase in what they might call performance or productivity when they're deploying these strategies versus when they're not. Uh, we know just getting the, the the sleep, the diet, the exercise right has a, a very positive boost in productivity, performance, um, stress management. So, yeah, we, we do see that and people do report that. I think what, what organisations also like about our training programmes is the longevity of them. They're not just something, you know, you go on a day course and you get excited and that's it. They actually make a real impact for employees and not just in their their work life, they make an impact in every area of their life because these are transferable life skills. You know, we, we're always talking about being happy, being healthy. If you get those two things right, performance is much easier to achieve. Um you know, we're talking to a, a multinational organisation at the moment who wants to roll out our programme um, across the UK and Europe because after uh, our pilot programme, a year afterwards, their employees are still talking about it. They're still using the language. So, you know, it's very pleasing for us um, that we we can have that impact on, you know, people's lives in such a positive way. And just as we, we draw to a conclusion in this, this first podcast discussing in greater depth the uh, concepts and principles outlined in your Elite Business Athlete ebook, um, it's perhaps, again, worth reminding everyone that this approach is, is found in, in high-performance sport and elite sport. Self-watching and monitoring is at the core of, of what people like Novak Djokovic do and, and um, sports teams as well. They have sophisticated electronic systems to help them in some cases so perhaps people can take take some encouragement from the fact that some of the highest performers in that sector are using it and it, it will translate and come across very well to an everyday context yeah these are these are not just things for people who are in the media spotlight they're for everybody you know and Alistair Cook is another great example of someone who talks a lot about self-watching when he's batting, being aware of turning his concentration up and down and using all these kind of triggers. But that's just as applicable to the office where he recognise that, you know, you're going on the mobile phone too much, so you need to turn it off. 
or you're using the internet when you don't need to, so you need to disconnect it. You know, or you're sitting at your desk for three hours in a row, well, and actually the final hour I'm not doing anything because my head's all chopped up with um, with stress and unhelpful chemicals, so I need to get out and do a walk. You know, I'm not sitting, sitting at my desk for that long. It's these simple and practical ideas. Uh, I was just trying to... A friend who'd who'd been on holiday. This is a, a on holiday with a young girl who who's who's been on one of our been taking part in one of our education programs, specifically a year seven transition program. And she was she was talking, telling this um, friend that she was self watching before starting her revision. Um, during the holidays because it's been exam week this week and her self-watching led her to do some bouts of exercise to increase what we call activation before she actually started to engage in the revision process because she recognised that if she, was, if she was sitting down in the wrong frame of mind or state of mind, she wasn't going to get any meaningful work done. You know, so what Novak is using to win um, Grand Slam tennis championships 11-year-old children are using to um, have um, more productive revision sessions. You know, so these are transferable life skills. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Tougher Minds podcast, which discussed one of the concepts within the Elite Business Athlete, the free Tougher Minds ebook, which explains how performance secrets from global sporting icons can be beneficial and transformative for everyone. You can download the Elite Business Athlete from tougherminds.co.uk. Remember, it's totally free. Thanks for listening. We'll be releasing more podcasts very soon.